0: This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you.
2: Uh, One, uh, so when I dialed in, you were talking with Coach Tadlock about uh, J. Bob Thomas and not being at third base. And uh, so I kind of caught into the middle of that story. So I guess he's he's not back at third base yet. Is that the case? And he's still kind of recruiting? He didn't know. He
3: he felt like my, my question to him, if you missed the question. I missed was, the question. My question to him was, um, you know, jokingly, I, I said, you know, you guys are – you guys are baseball guys. Right. I've heard that baseball guys are a bit superstitious. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know that Coach Thomas has been freed. There was a sign over there for the last two weeks that says Free J-Bob. Right. And I said, I know he's been freed, but we didn't see him out there at third base. Are you not going to give him back to him? I mean, is that because we're we're 8-0 and we're not going to, you know, as Chuck Hines would say, mess, the tr- mess up the tra-la-la? Mm. You didn't okay. say that, I though. didn't say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah he I doesn't just, know who
2: I am. <laughs> whatever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he actually said, no, that's not the reason. Um, he said that he thought it would be wrong to change in the middle of a series, and early on in the season you're learning communication with, you know, the coaches and the new players and all that, and he said to just to mess with that in the middle of, you know, a series. He didn't think that was the right thing to do. And so I, I – but then he did tell me afterwards, he's like, well, J-Bob's pretty superstitious. So he. Got, I don't think he would have gone out there if I told him to. So uh, it, anyway, I, I, th- I think he probably will be at some point, but it'll probably be when there's a little bit of a, a break between games or whatever. So I, I don't know if it'll be I don't know that I would guess it would be this week.
2: OK. All right. I, I did hear him tell you that you I did hear you say that you were superstitious. Yeah, I'm
3: not telling you anything there. You no, know no, already. <laughs> no, 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 uh-uh,
2: no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 did he say this? Paul says this. Last night, Coach Tadlock said it's bad luck being superstitious. That's what he told me. His
3: grandmother told him it's okay. bad luck to be superstitious.
2: Do you believe that he's not superstitious? No, no. no. He
3: says he says he's routine oriented, <laughs> which sounds like to me that I don't know. I don't know if that maybe that's not superstitious. I don't know, but he's very routine oriented.
2: But maybe when the, when he the said routine's his, not going your way, you change the routine, right? <laughs>
3: but he said his superstition, to a certain degree, is to to change things at times.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: So, uh, uh, I I think that I think that he's probably not nearly as bad as some baseball guys are, and and according to what he told me, I think he said Coach Tom was Thomas was more superstitious than he is.
2: Yeah, I think of the sports. That the baseball guys would be the most of the superstitious generally it, generally speaking
3: well when you when you talk about you know don't step on the lines, those kind of things sure. right coming off mm-hmm. the field, you're not you're not supposed to do that, and um I don't know, I mean, it's just when you when you go to the free throw line, it's all about doing the same thing sure. over and over, no over doubt. again right no doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and so is that superstition i I don't know that it is. I think that's more just like routine. your routine, yeah, yeah. But like,
2: I mean, I think there's plenty of basketball coaches that have superstitions and plenty of football coaches that have superstitions. And maybe maybe the baseball guys, it's that way because there's just more games. Yeah.
3: So I did I did say to him during the commercial break, I asked him, I said, okay, so what about the broadcaster jinx? Are those legit? I said, am I allowed to mention a no-hitter? Or he goes, oh, no, you don't, you don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. You don't ever mention that. And so... Uh, I said, okay, well, you know, I usually will try to say, you know, if you're into the fifth or whatever, I'll mm-hmm. mention, oh, their only base runner tonight is via a walk. And he's like, okay, that's allowed. That's allowed. That's allowed. So that's okay. So he, so that's okay, okay, okay yeah. good. But he said, yeah, I'm not down there in the dugout talking about no hitters or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so see, there's some superstition there.
2: Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I wonder how Gus feels about those those kinds of things. I bet he's, bet he's in some of that, although I have heard him you know, talk about, you know, no hitters in the fourth inning before. And then,
3: I bet Gus, I'm gonna say he's less superstitious than me. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and yeah. Coach Hayward flat out laughs at me about it. About your superstitions? About my superstitions, okay. yeah.
2: Was Coach Tadlock happy to see you yesterday? I mean, to get to spend an hour with you, did he feel honored?
3: I, I bet not honored, I don't think he was disappointed to okay. see me, but yeah, we made it through. We made it through, <laughs> okay. We had a good time.
2: It sounded like it. All right. uh, Have you heard of this guy, Liam McFadden Ackman?
3: I have not.
2: Well, he is a junior infielder for the Northern Kentucky Norse. And uh, the other day, he hit not one, but two grand slams in the same inning against Western Michigan. Wow. Wow. Yeah, how about that, Fernando Tatis? Yeah, he uh, he did right? this. Wasn't, on it, wasn't
3: it Tatis that did that, senior, not junior? Didn't he do it for the Cardinals?
2: That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's impressive. So anyway, I thought that that's a little. There's a little tidbit for you for uh, today tonight's broadcast. If you guys get bored, you know, if somebody hits a grand slam like in an inning, and then it happens mm-hmm. to come up again. Well, hey.
3: Ah, just yeah. on Sunday. Just
2: just on Sunday, Liam McFadden Ackman for Northern Kentucky did this very thing.
3: And Jeff said I was right.
2: Uh Fernando Tatis yep. S- senior. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh the uh the other thing that caught my eye on the high school level, and look, uh, the I don't know enough about this to um you know, in terms of all the the, the, the backstory, but the bottom line is um, the uh, UIL has uh, has suspended uh, Lorenzo head basketball coach uh, Deion Mitchell uh, for the upcoming year, next year. So this is for illegal uh, recruitment. Um
3: how many high school coaches that get suspended for a year by the UIL keep their jobs?
0: yeah
2: I would I would I would guess that this would be uh, something that would be a game changer
3: you would think so right
2: yeah uh, this decision uh, according to this KCBD article comes after eight student athletes transferred to the school with one of those violating the league's rules they held a hearing yesterday. Some new evidence came to light. Another coach within the district handed over text messages that confirmed that uh, Deion Mitchell had recruited a player from another school. I'm not to sit here and say that he's the only coach to ever do this. Oh, it just gosh, seemed, no. It just seems like this was overly blatant.
3: Must be if he's being suspended. yeah, Or it's been multiple violations of this.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mitchell has been uh, suspended from coaching for a year and placed on three years of probation meaning he cannot attend sporting events unless he's watching his sons play. Uh, No word as to whether he will remain in his position as uh, athletics director, although his superintendent uh, vouched for him, saying she believed the only reason the players followed him was that he was their mentor. (laughs) I'm not sure that's a good defense. Yeah, probably not. I'm not sure that's a good defense. So uh, that seems to be a bit of a mess uh, over in Lorenzo. Uh, from a basketball uh, standpoint, on the high school side,
3: yeah, I, I think that would be fair to say.
2: You know, be a, a bit of a mess. Six thirty-eight this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, somebody says this or asks this question. Did you get a chance to ask him about Owen Washburn?
3: Uh, I did not ask him about Owen, and I, and I apologize for that. There was I I had a bunch of questions written down, and we got to about a third of them. Um, the injury situations that were of interest to me were, number one, Owen, and I don't know if there's an injury there or not, okay? Two, uh, Bo Blessy, who said that he just needed an extra day and he's scheduled to pitch tonight, okay, to start tonight. and That's good uh, news. Right, and three was Ty Coleman, and I was talking to him about Ty before we went on air. I didn't get to ask him on air. But basically, he said that ties kind of day-to-day at this point. So um, I don't think that um, that sounds too serious. But maybe there, there are clearly is something there, but nothing that's uh, going to make him out for the next three months or anything like that. Um, the Washburn situation is really interesting to me. I, I don't know if there's an injury or not. He came in, he pinch hit, got a two-run single. Uh, he played in the outfield for an inning. Uh, I mean, right now, Dylan Carter's swinging the bat so incredibly well. And we all know how good he is defensively. He's got to be in there in center field, okay? Gage Harrelson is just killing it in the new number two hole. I mean, just killing it, okay? Um, Nolan Hester has been phenomenal hitting leadoff and playing left field. I, I mean, you're really talented, and there's going to be a talented guy that's left out every game. And right now, I'm not saying it's every game, but right now, Owen Washburn is the the guy that's not swinging it well of those four. And so he's, he's got to earn, earn his way back into the lineup.
0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: Today, the final day of February. If you didn't get it, well, you didn't get it. Uh, here is Jeff McGuire on this, the 28th day of February, 2023, with the Stan sports history.
4: Get what?
2: Your number, you what you needed to do, oh, or get done, okay. or it,
4: check uh, off all your now boxes, I okay? If you, I,
3: I was also lost, Jeff. I didn't sorry. know what it was.
2: It can be whatever it is that you are supposed to be doing Well, in you life. got a day. All day. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So last night. can't make up the deficit. Something Coach Tadlock wanted to mention was something was going on on March 1st. And he mentioned, so, I mean, it's coming up on March 1st. We got only four days left. I was like, (laughs) February. Yes, Coach. That February (laughs) February thing gets us all, doesn't it?
4: (laughs) I don't know. If Tim Tadlock said there were 30 days in February, I may believe it. We're listening. 1929 Chicago Blackhawks lose a record NHL 15th straight game at home Mm. Mm. 1940 first televised basketball game took place University of Pittsburgh beats Fordham University 50 to 37 bad day if you're a Dodgers fan in 1966 Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale begin a joint holdout against the Dodgers
3: what together? I'm sure they they planned this right. Like we're gonna do right. this together. They're gonna we're gonna force their hand. I'm sure That's they probably it. pretty
2: smart. I'm sure, they got something out of that. I'm sure, they got something fixed.
4: 1967. Wilt Chamberlain sinks an NBA record 35th consecutive field goal.
3: Wonder how many of them were outside the lane.
2: No. Well, he was actually he was a, a pretty good free throw shooter, but I would think most of them would been in, in the paint.
4: Yeah It's probably a fair fair guess Speaking of free throw shooting How about 1981 and Calvin Murphy of the Houston Rockets Setting an NBA record of 78 consecutive made free throws
3: That's amazing
4: What's amazing is it's not the record anymore I think uh, Steph Curry has it If I remember correctly I don't know but I just think that's awesome and in <laughs> 1991, Don Mattingly is named the 10th New York Yankee captain. Hmm. It's National Rock like two cents then? Huh? Only had two cents
3: then.
2: Jeter and then Judge? hmm Yeah. That's a prestigious honor. They don't,
3: they don't have a captain every year.
2: Yeah.
4: Right, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I was thinking of the different cents, like as in two pennies, and I was like... No, I'm pretty sure he was making more than minimum wage at that point for the Major League Baseball. I was since, not oh, since. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I heard it wrong and I got confused. So I was the only one. It's fine.
3: S-I-N-C-E, not C-E-N-T-S.
4: <laughs> uh, it's National Frog Lake Day.
2: Um, I'm
4: out. Never had them. I don't know that I'm going to turn them down if somebody were to make them.
2: I've had them. Would you have them again? Um.
3: Uh, it, it was okay. I guess it was okay. Tastes like chicken. I mean, it, it's chewy chicken. Chewy. Yeah. Hmm.
4: Coach, Siegel you know, made,
3: Coach, Coach Siegel made me do it. Really? He guilted me into it. Yeah.
4: Happy birthday to Dallas Maverick Luka Doncic is seventy-four. Jason Aldeen is forty-six. Seventy-four. 24. Sorry. <laughs> Jason Aldine, 46, and Icky Woods is 56. Icky
2: Woods.
4: See, I knew that I said the name, and you immediately knew who I'm talking about. I know. Dude. That makes you famous. What's Icky's take?
3: first name? His real name?
4: Uh, Robert? Uh, no. Fred? I don't
2: know. <laughs> Fred? <laughs> I,
4: I <laughs> can you say, do the Icky
3: shuffle?
2: I think at one point in time I could. Yeah. <laughs> can you do it now? No. <laughs> you can? <laughs> I think you got <laughs> I think you got it. I uh, think. It it, it sounded like what
3: he was doing. It's not I think you got to bounce like three times on one foot and then you jump over and bounce three times on the other foot and then you spike it. Yeah. I think that's the Icky Shuffle. I think you looked like you knew what you were doing. Okay. Even though you were doing it in a chair.
2: Uh, Albert is his name. Yeah, I'd go by Icky too. (laughs) Albert L. Icky Woods. Albert. Albert. Wow. Do you know where he played college football? I did not know this. He played college football at UNLV. University of Nevada, actually. University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Yeah, UNLV.
4: I did not know that either. Oh, Albert. And on this day in 1993 in Waco, Texas, (laughs) agents from the U.S. Treasury Department Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, better known as the ATF, launch a raid against the Branch Davidian compound as part of an investigation into illegal possession of firearms and explosives by the Christian cult. As the agents attempted to penetrate the complex, gunfire erupted, beginning an extended gun battle that left four ATF agents dead and 15 wounded. Six French Davidians were fatally wounded and several more were injured, including David Koresh, the cult's founder and leader. After 45 minutes of shooting, the ATF agents withdrew and a ceasefire was negotiated over the telephone. The operation, which involved more than 100 ATF agents, was one of the largest ever mounted by the Bureau and resulted in the highest casualties for any ATF operation. Following the unsuccessful ATF raid, the FBI took over the situation and a standoff with the Branch Davidians stretched into seven weeks. (sighs) That is this day in sports history.
2: All right. uh, This day in sports history, 651 this morning here on the morning drive. The uh, latest uh, top 25 uh, AP basketball poll is out. And here's what I found interesting about it. Uh, because, I mean, obviously, you know, in, in what's going on with hoops here. I mean, it's uh, your, your uh, time spent with it and attention to it is, is almost nil. Marquette tied for the biggest rise in the poll this week. They go up four spots to number six. And why is that significant? It's their highest ranking in the AP Top 25 poll since 1978. Wow. I mean, we're talking... It's been a while. Yeah, 45 years. Uh, Butch Lee played on that team. Jerome Whitehead played on that team. Those are the two uh, kind of the ones that, that stand out. Um, this is the year after they won the national championship, and so Hank Raymonds was in his first year as the head coach of the Marquette then Warriors. Okay? So, man, that was... Uh, when I saw that last night, I was like, holy cow, they would uh, get into the tournament that team would, the defending champs, but they would lose in the first round to Miami. And uh, Whitehead and Butch Lee uh, played on the national championship team as well the year before. Um let me ask you this, because uh, I think you'll have a quick opinion on it. Uh, I saw this yesterday. Pete Maravich's record for points scored is in jeopardy. Um, and here's here's the deal. Uh, Maravich, who when he played, a freshman weren't eligible. This is his career scoring record. I'm not sure if... You asked folks if they would even be able to tell you that Maravich still had the career record of scoring 3,667 points. It's a record that has stood since 1970.
3: So record in college basketball.
2: Record in college basketball, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's in jeopardy of being um, broken by Antoine Davis, who plays for Detroit Mercy. Okay. Um he has uh, 3,604 points 63 shy he's played five years um, and so he would need to average 32 points as they go to this week's Horizon League tournament um, and for him if they if he could if they could advance he would he would need to, to get you know 32 points of win and, and, and then you know win again uh, or at least go again uh, if they if he if Detroit Mercy overachieves and they reach the semifinals, then his uh, possibility of, of going above that is uh, is quite probable. But the number of games that he played versus the number of games that Maravich played because of COVID, he played 141 games. And Maravich played and, and did this in 83.
0: It's <laughs> quite different.
2: So, I mean, for all the records that deserve an asterisk, this probably deserves an asterisk, right?
3: Um... I don't it, it's clear that Maravich is is more impressive. I don't know that it I I just guess there's going to be so many guys that during the stretch that are playing 5
2: years. There's a lot of these records that are being yeah surpassed. I mean, even yeah. on the football team here, you know, the basketball team here. I just um, don't
3: know that you can put that many asterisks
4: in there. Probably not. A
2: career is a career, yeah. unfortunately.
4: Yeah. No asterisks.
3: He definitely had an uh, an advantage. No Is
4: it fair to the the former quarterback guys that are getting to play in multiple bowl games now that those passing yards count when they didn't before and there weren't bowl games sure. everywhere?
2: No, I, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, you you guys make make a lot of sense. It's just man, he he played in basically 58 games more than Maravich so far.
3: Massive difference.
2: So
4: what if Mass- Maravich? Had, I mean, he didn't, but what if he'd gone to the NBA earlier? What if he? What if he'd left his junior year? Like, there's still that aspect too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank
2: you for being with us today. We've got uh, baseball tonight at 6 with uh, Texas Tech and Air Force first pitch at 630. And then uh, Friendship Boys Basketball tonight against Trophy Club, Byron Nelson. See if the boys can uh, knock them out like the girls did. Uh, that'll be at 6 on sunny 97.7. And then Tech Hoops tonight from Lawrence at uh, 8 o'clock for the tip, our coverage at 7. Uh, I saw this yesterday, um, and I I hope it doesn't affect him. I don't know that it will. Uh, but the uh, NFL Combine, which is going on this week, uh, Tyree Wilson will not do much work there, the former Red Raider. He fractured his foot. um In November and is still recovering from that injury, he will participate in the bench press, but will hold off on all the other work until Texas Tech hosts its pro day.
3: Makes sense. Totally understand. Mm -hmm. I bet it doesn't affect him that much. Yeah. I bet it does. I bet it doesn't hurt him because I mean teams understand he's injured. All they uh, all that comes with that, and so they understand that he's waiting to. Make sure he's fully healthy before he's able to do those other things. So hopefully he can impress with what he's doing and you know, on the bench press and all that good stuff. And teams will get, hey, he's he's making sure he's healthy yep. before he does that other
2: stuff. He's getting making progress. Um, I mean, the Alabama quarterback's not going to throw. I mean, there's a number of these guys. You know, and why, why is he not going to throw? I don't know the specific reason for that. My my guess is he's going to throw at his pro day in Alabama. Okay. So, I don't know if it's familiarity with receivers. I don't know if it's related to the turf. I don't know if it's like, I don't want you telling me what to do. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, as far as uh, Wilson, they still expect him to be a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Still expect him to be a top 10 draft pick. So, uh, good. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, he'll continue to progress and will be. Uh, okay, by the by the pro day to be able to do all the measurables and the things that they that they want to do. Uh, you've heard it in the sports center. You probably know it by now. Tech's going to have its um, spring game over at Lowry Field this year. Uh, I, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm just glad it's in town. Um, you know, it will be the only practice that Tech will have open to the uh, to the public, and so I get it. Um, you know, with with Jones Stadium. Uh, basically a construction site right now. Um, man, I was over there yesterday. I had lunch over there yesterday, and uh, goodness, man, they have dug down deep uh, in that south end zone. Okay. And uh, the field is kind of peeled back to about the 20-yard line. Uh, obviously, they're going to replace the turf for the coming year, but, I mean, they are – I say they're getting after it. I don't I'm, – I'm just assuming they're getting after it. But they, there was a lot of activity. Okay. So uh, they'll have it over at uh, Lowry Field. It'll be at noon on April the 22nd. So I would think that uh, the weather would be quite cooperative. You know, there have been some times when we've had these spring games in, you know, March, and it's been a little chilly, or it's been a little windy, or it's just been maybe a Scotia uncomfortable. Uh, the other thing, and I didn't realize that, they, that it had been this long. I knew that it had been a while. But they're bringing back the team awards um, that go back to 1961 that include the Pete Cawthon Memorial uh, Team MVP, the Del Morgan Memorial Courage Award, and the E.J. Holub Double Tough Award, among others. It will be the first time since 2008 that Tech has formally presented its team awards. So I, I I think that's cool. Honor those guys um, that maybe uh, did something special, whether it was um, you know being a good encourager or a good courage guy or you know just being tough, uh, all those things. Um, you have a you have an opinion on that? I think
3: it's, I think it's great. I think that's probably fun yeah. for the players. Mm-hmm. All the above there. I also think it's uh, it honors those past players too. Which Absolutely, I think is, which mm-hmm. I think is cool
2: kind of honors your tradition Uh, they'll have a total of 15 practices Uh, they will uh, work out beginning March the 21st they'll uh, do spring workouts on Tuesday Thursday and Saturday Uh, Tech will practice on just one Friday all year and that will be um, uh, April 7th because of the uh, Easter holiday weekend so again put the the 22nd on uh, your calendar for Lowry Field in the spring game and we'll visit with Joey McGuire. Uh, this morning at eight oh two, and uh, get his take on his football team and what they've been working on, and maybe who he's most excited to see uh, from a position group standpoint uh, coming up uh, in the spring. And he would say all of them, I'm sure, right? Sure. But maybe there's somebody uh, in particular that uh, that uh, that they're looking to uh, to see. Uh, I continue to be amazed at the. Discussion of uh, expansion and things like that. Um, TV rights for the ACC and now, um, excuse me, TV rights for the Pac 12, and now the ACC is, is uh, chipping in, saying that they're not getting enough. But uh, Baylor uh, Athletic Director Mac Rhodes uh, yesterday saying uh, with regard to the Pac 12, I'm so- certainly not rooting for the demise of any particular conference, but I'm also looking out for what is best for Baylor. And what is best for Baylor is a really, really strong Big 12 and one that it secures its future, but not just over the next six years, but beyond. Basically saying that we have to be prepared for, and I think that we are, if the Pac-12 were to implode. Uh, Because the Big 10 is trying to figure out how to get additional schools like, particularly, Washington and Oregon. They would love to have them. Um, there are reports out there that the Big Ten is not done, um, and it makes sense because probably need to have some people for UCLA and USC that have reasonably close travel proximity. Uh, Washington, Oregon would be am- among the schools that would make some sense. Right? They'd love to have four. They just don't know if they have room for four more uh, from the Pac-12. And by room, meaning um, you know, TV dollars in the right window and. Not um, because nobody wants less if they add more schools.
3: You wouldn't think so.
2: Nobody wants less, but it's got to make sense. It does feel like, and 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 maybe you know, maybe it's just another one of those times, but it does feel like that the Pac-12 is really teetering. Jamie,
3: I I would agree. I I mean, it feels like there's some unhappiness with uh, with recent information that's come out with. You Know their possible TV deals, or when, when I say TV, really, it seems like it's more streaming than it is television, yeah. and that that's uh, I, I think that's got a lot of fans from the Pac 12 schools really frustrated. I think it's got, I mean, if you've if you believe what you hear, it's got a lot of ads from the Pac 12 really frustrated, uh-huh. and so I, I don't disagree with you that there's some there's a little bit. Up to a teeter factor going on right mm-hmm. now, you wonder what's going to happen. A
2: little wobbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pac-10 or the Big Ten would also like California and Stanford, uh, but they're really quote zeroing in on Washington and Oregon. Meanwhile, you know the Big Twelve. Um, you know what's out there would be potentially Arizona, Arizona State, but again, you're only going to do that if you're going to add more dollars because you don't want to. S- you don't want to. You don't want to have less, right? Doesn't make any. That doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, do you think those schools add more dollars?
2: <laughs> I mean, I sure think Washington and Oregon do. I don't know that Arizona and Arizona State do. Really? Uh, now, now, where it may where it may add more dollars is is, is the inventory and maybe some late night games. Uh, and then what it would do is it would put the big 12 and so many, it would put the big 12 in every time zone, which is something that they have talked about, mm-hmm. which would give you a quote, kind of prime time window or an early window in every time zone. Every, every slot. Yeah. And so then that would, then that would probably potentially be attractive to the TV guys.
3: Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I agree with your point about that. Washington and Oregon bring more. I just don't know that I'm there that saying that Arizona doesn't bring you anything. Because I feel like it, it. I mean, not as much, but I think it does bring you. Yeah. The,
2: the, to me, just the question is: Does it bring you more enough so that you're not going backwards? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the thing. Does it? Because they're they're going to want to come in as a kind of a full partner as well. And then where does that leave uh, Stanford and uh, others? So California, and, th- and those are two schools the Big Ten potentially would like to take with them with Oregon and Washington. Again, it just comes down to: Is there Is there enough uh, pie left over so that everybody gets an equal slice? But in the ACC, they want the uh, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others because Florida State and Clemson feel like they deserve a bigger slice of the pie, Jamie.
0: Mm, That's fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, so I've gotten a couple
2: of texts uh, personally, one from Choice Woodman. Apparently, the Big 12's new contract does allow some expansion um, of a Power 5 team or Power 5 teams without the pot getting smaller so i guess either i forgot that or i didn't know that or i missed that um but i still would think that the tv boys and girls would say we want to be able to sign off on who those teams are
3: i would i would guess they would be heavily involved in that decision i mean
2: i would say you know that if you're going to add so and so and so and so let's make sure that they're let's make sure they're good and make sure you run them by me first
3: they may not get the main vote but they get a vote
2: yeah right right all right your uh, question for me sir And Jeff and our fine listening audience.
3: All right. My question for you guys today. Mm -hmm. Texas Tech comes to you tomorrow. It's not a decision made by those at Texas Tech. This is a decision made by you. Texas Tech comes to you tomorrow and says, we're going to build a statue with our three most important coaches at Texas Tech. (sighs) Coaches. In the history of Texas Tech, mm, man. what three coaches are you putting on said statue? Uh,
2: can I ask a question about this? Mm-hmm. You're Is, the
4: decision maker. Well, who's, oh, I'm the decision maker. You're, you're making the decision on who the, 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 the statues are. Who
3: are the three that deserve to be on there?
2: Who are the three that deserve to be on there?
3: Well, I think there's one layup.
4: Oh,
2: yeah, Marsha Sharp. Marcia that's, Sharp. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's right. Yeah, Marcia Sharp. I I, I would I would tell you, okay, I I, I would tell you, and this is going to have some controversy to it because of their because of their past, but Mike Leach and Chris Beard and and Marcia Sharp. Beard took you to your only Final Four, put your basketball team squarely on the map. Leach put your football team squarely on the map. I don't like the the off field behavior of either one of them, but if you're just talking to me about specifically what they did on the court or, or on the field of play, then that those and and somebody brings up uh, Wes Kittley, and I and I certainly if if you had that uh, there, uh, somebody brings up Tim Tadlock, that's a, you know. But
4: so you're you're going with the with Leach. Sharp, and Beard.
2: Uh, I am, and I'm, I'm reluctant on two of them.
4: Yeah, I'm not feeling bad about any of my three. Sharp, Kitley, and Leach. Without hesitation. You got two coaches with a national championship, and as of right now, the coach that led you to your most success in football history.
3: I would not be as confident as Jeff is. Uh, but I think there's a three guy race right now for, or three person race, whatever, Mm -hmm. for spots two and three. Okay. And that's, that's Leach, Kitley, and Tadlock.
2: Mm hmm. No, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Yeah.
3: Um, at the same time, you're, you're accurate in Chris Beard. You, You are absolutely accurate in Chris Beard. Um, he did put you, basketball-wise, squarely on the map. Um, what that's going to lead to in the future, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's yet to be determined. It's fair. Yep. Okay? Um, so that's why I can't be certain of—we can't be certain about anybody, right? True. Okay, about what's going to happen in the future. We can be certain that Wes Kitley has already won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay.
4: And has been at Texas Tech a very long time.
3: Okay, yeah, uh, an and, awful, and awful Mike, lot of and, I
4: got no
2: issue with with and, having one for Coach Kitley.
3: It, well, the the issue is.
2: Who are your three?
3: Yeah. No, no, no. The issue is how important is track? Right to the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Basketball and football matter yeah. the most. And football. The are, rest of it. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those are, you know, the front porches and all that, all the sayings Football football basketball. Mhm. Okay? That's a national championship and it and it and it matters to us as fans and it and it makes us appreciate and all of that. And four trips to Omaha and and consistency and Love for the university and program and, and and the school and sticking to it and all that we talked about earlier. I mean, are, are great, but they don't mean as much as what you do in basketball and football for the for the big picture of your university. Yeah. OK, so. I feel like Mike Leach has to be on there. Because I think Mike Leach opened so many eyes no, nationally
2: No question. to your school. No no question.
3: Okay. So I, I've got Marshall Sharp, I've got Mike Leach, mm-hmm. and I think I will go Wes Kitley over Tim Tadlock because Wes Kitley has a ring. Okay.
2: I I'm not I, clearly I'm not mad at your answer. Yeah. <laughs>
3: The, the hardest, I mean, to me is much this this. My respect levels for one compared to the other, and Tadlock and Beach and um, and Tadlock and Beard is completely different.
2: Yeah, no, I understand. And that.
3: Completely different, but those two are right on the outside for me. And Beard, it, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, basketball matters, and. Again, I didn't ask who our favorite coaches were. Right. I said most important. Okay? And that's where you have to consider Chris Beard because, I mean, he got you to a national championship game and we would like to think opened up the door to you being a a great basketball program for years and years to come. Mm -hmm. Right now we're
2: questioning that a little bit. people, People laughed when Chris Beard said at his opening press conference, you know, our, our goal here is to play on a Monday night and within five years he did that unfortunately his end of game coaching was mm,
3: that's not what bothers me most oh I, I, I know that I yeah. know that I, I know mean, that the, I know that the person that is I know that um or was whatever yeah. uh, when he was here uh I just this. I think this is a tough question because you have to take out your, your know, like who your favorites are, right? And and who who deserves to be on? Like, we want to honor these coaches, and it's not really. That's not my question. My question right. is who were the most important? I I mean, I don't think you can go away from Marshall Sharp. I don't think you can go away from Mike Leach. Yeah. I think those are the two that mm-hmm. are the most surefire for me. But I mean. I mean, the consistency of what Greg Sands is doing year in and year out mm-hmm. and his program being in the top five and every single year now for whatever it is, 20 see, years or 17, 18 years or whatever. It's just crazy. It's phenomenal. Okay. See, I think if you do That's uh, a guy that's bought in here. Yeah. No But question. again. Does that matter to the whole world? So That matters to Red Raider
2: fans. Let me kind of shape your question a little bit. So I think I think you'd have an equal difficulty of of coaches if you said, okay, we're going to have three coaches from, let's just say, football, basketball, and then three Olympic coaches, which would include your golf team, your track team, and I, I would I wouldn't necessarily include baseball in that, but you could you could you could say, okay, if we're going to do football, basketball over here, and then we're going to do Baseball and the Olympic sports over here because you could have Tadlock, Kitley, and then okay, and you got Greg Sands, and you got this you got JoJo, and you got, you know, you got you know, Larry get, Hayes, Larry Hayes, you got Tom Stone, you got, um, you get, know, you get, you, you certainly get some choices.
3: I'm having a hard time with the Olympic slash baseball that I am the.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I'm just trying, yeah. I was just trying to separate yeah. it, I was just trying to separate it and make it, mm. um, Somebody somebody brings up uh, Spike. I, I, I just you know he did a great job. It, this thing's named for him here, but uh, I, di- I just don't think you can do that. Uh, somebody brings up Coach Knight. I, I I don't think if if we'd have gotten the full effort of Coach yeah. Knight, uh, I just
3: I'm, I'm out on that one. I, I don't I, I don't know that he just took your program to a different level.
2: No, he, yeah, he, he I mean brought he, you publicity, no question.
3: Yeah, sure, but what happened after he left?
2: Yeah, it was It was a mess. grease fire.
0: Yeah. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 973 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you straight from the First United Bank studio, and we head straight over to the Texas Tech football facility where we have on the benchmark hotline the head football coach of Texas Tech, Joy McGuire. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. How are y'all doing? We're awesome. We're ready to go. And you are just about ready to go for uh, spring football. I was at an event uh, right before the Texas game, and you spoke to the Alumni Association about getting your team ready for spring workouts and spring uh, football. And you talked about like a class that you uh, were doing and just making sure that you had everything buttoned down. Can you kind of take us through that and and how important that was to you and and your football team?
1: Yeah. You know, we're we're right now. In fact, we, from six to seven this morning, we, uh, we did one of our football schools, you know, and and that's just getting everything ready. The, The biggest thing when we hit spring football, we want everything installed and, and now we're we're going through the offense and the defense and special teams two, three, four, five times versus the first time we hit the field in the spring that they've, you know, seen what's going on. And so it's huge. You know, they spent 30 minutes in the classroom this morning uh, going through uh, the install, and then we went outside and had 15 minutes of uh, some conditioning and then 15 minutes of some of the 11-on-11 that the NCAA lets you do nowadays. And so – it was uh, it, it's big. Um, we're we're moving at a really good pace. Uh, we feel like with the install that we have going into spring ball.
3: Coach, at the end of every season, you always assess the positive, the negatives with your team. If there were a couple things that you said to you and your staff felt like, hey, we really need to get better at this and we'll work on that in the spring. Can you mention what a couple of those things might have been?
1: Well, you know, in the losses um we didn't take care of the ball I mean K State and Oklahoma State, you know if we don't turn the ball over, we probably win both of those games and and so you know really focusing on um when you're you're doing that you know the play call the getting the ball out on time uh protecting the quarterback you know and so that's a big thing and then uh we if you if you look at the numbers, we were number nine in the country in Reds on defense, but we weren't Uh, anywhere close to that when you're just talking about total defense. And so we've got to do a better job of playing between the 20s, you know, whenever just um, cutting down on some explosive plays. I think that comes a lot with more reps in the defense. Uh, Being year two in the defense is going to help. And, you know, we've got uh, really – three of the five, but you could say uh, four of the five uh, returning DBs. And so I think that's going to help a bunch. But those are the things we got to really improve on.
2: We're visiting with uh, Texas Tech football coach Joey McGuire. Coach, when you uh, get ready for spring football on March the 21st, is there a specific position group or player that you're anxious, excited, can't wait to see on the field?
1: Well – you know, I, I think we're going to go from uh, our O-line being one of our uh, probably, I mean, can't say it any better or any way trying to sugarcoat it, one of our weaker units to one of our stronger units, maybe the strongest unit. You know, we we added Rusty Stats uh, at, at center, and, and so that allows us to move our center to guard, which is his natural position. Um, we get Cole Spencer back, who didn't get to play – uh, last year and now he's fully healthy and you know he's going through everything and so you've got you go from having a lot of young guys um, to having an older group of, of old linemen especially in the interior you know Cole and and Rusty and and um, Dennis have played a lot of games and then we're going to flip uh, Caleb back to right tackle and Monroe Mills go to left tackle I um, feel like Caleb is, you know, more natural over there. And so I think with the experience with those two guys got this last year is really going to help. So, I mean, just right now you can tell a big difference in the O-line. Uh, some of the guys that I'm really looking forward to have big springs, big, big springs is, you know, um, Rabbit. Uh, he he's he had a really good year and, and he's, uh, you know, carrying 200 pounds right now, looks really good. Josiah Pierre. Um, you know, he's, uh, we we've moved him from outside linebacker. Cause last year we really needed him at outside linebacker, moved him back to inside backer. I'm excited, uh, you know, to see him and, and then, uh, just seeing the progression of, uh, miles price and, and Bradley in this offense, I me mean, two really, really good wide receivers for us. And so it's going to be a fun spring. It's going to be very competitive and, and, um, we believe in getting physical in the spring, you know, and and making sure that we're we're a tough football team. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a very competitive spring.
3: How much does it help your offense in the spring, just kind of teaching the the system to some of the new guys that come in, whether they're freshmen or transfers, when you have two veteran quarterbacks for them to work with?
1: It's huge. If you come into the building, you know, right when we got back, you would see both of those quarterbacks in the uh, offensive staff room you know because we've got some you know uh dray mccray is new on the offensive side of the ball wide receiver um you know and and then we have some young wide receivers so you see those guys in there going through i mean they they'll meet and call guys in you know on their own and and meet with them because they have such a good grasp of the offense so that that's huge for us to be able to uh you know get ahead i mean i told somebody the other day i mean i not taking anything away from the bold team, but I think if we played the bowl team right now today, we might beat the bowl team by 14 points. Um, we just feel like we're bigger, we're faster, we're stronger, and you know we're farther along than uh, where we were even in January.
2: Mister with Coach McGuire, we just have just a little bit of time left, Coach. What was your uh, inspiration in bringing back the team awards that have been given out for years and years and years, that for whatever reason haven't been?
1: You know, um, just to honor in the past. You know, and and uh, uh, last year I was going to do it last year, and you know, it, you're you're really your first year, man. It's just like this blur, and um, and so there was so many things that we were trying to get in, and and we didn't get that in. And so, you know, the, I think it's big to honor the past. I think it's big for those players, um, you know, put their names uh, next to uh, some really really great Red Raiders, and. You know, I think it's it, it rewards guys that have worked really hard this year, whether it's in the fall and the spring. And I want to make sure we recognize them. And so we're, we're excited about that. It always helps when you have uh, two Red Raiders on staff, more than that. But you know, Antonio Huff and you know has been a part of that, and, and so he he's been a big help of uh, why it's important to bring these awards back.
3: Coach, the schedule for next season was released a couple of weeks ago. What did uh, you like about the schedule, and what did you maybe not like as
0: much?
1: Um, you know, I mean, I kind of knew, but uh, even before it was released, I mean, I hate not playing Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I think that's a kind of a, a natural rivalry with the, the type of schools that Tech and, and Oklahoma State is. Um, I really like that we didn't have, like, back-to-back road games um, like this year. It was good to go home and away. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, we've got uh, – we're, we're going to start off with a really tough uh, road trip, playing a really tough team in Wyoming. And then, you know, hopefully week two um, we take care of business and they take care of business as possible. It wouldn't surprise me if it's college game day because you're going to have two ranked teams. And, and then you get into, uh, you know – uh, later on, you get into the Big Twelve, and and uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of great games. I'm excited to go to Utah. I, mean, I I've been there, but I've never played there. And I mean, it's just a beautiful stadium, and they do such a great job. They got a great fan base, and so. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great – it's a great schedule. All right,
2: Coach, thanks for your time. Hey, just before you go, because everybody's on their way to work today, how about giving them a big let's go from uh, the head football coach?
1: (laughs) Well, I hope everybody has a great day, not a good day. The good is the enemy of great. We're trying to be great. So let's go.
2: All right, Coach. Thank you, and thanks for being with us this morning on The All Morning right. Drive.
0: This has been The Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of double T97.3 podcasts at double T97.3.com.